And the meeting is now being recorded. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, I'll call this meeting to order. I don't think we have any agenda items today except for the one. So if you'd like to do the roll call. Thank you, Chair Hunter. Good evening. This is a meeting of the San Francisco Commission on the Environment Operations Committee. The date is Wednesday, January 10th. The time is 5 or 5 p.m. Please note that the ringing and use of cell phones, pagers, sensitive devices is prohibited. Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of anyone using a phone or similar, similar device. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For comments on matters that are not on the agenda, there will be an opportunity for general public comment. Participants who wish to comment will be asked to come forward one by one and address the committee members. The speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Alternatively, members of the public may submit public comment by email to environment at sfgov.org. Comment submitted via email will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file. I will now read the log acknowledgement. The Commission on the Environment Operations Committee acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatush Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to the steward Wagra, Mother Earth. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. This concludes the line of acknowledgement. I will now call the roll. Chair Hunter? Here. Commissioner Sullivan? Here. Commissioner Yuen? Here. And Chair Hunter, we have a quorum. Thank you, Hal. Uh, moving on to item two then. All right, item two is approval of minutes of the January 9th, 2023 Operations Committee meeting. The explanatory document is the January 9th, 2023 Operations Committee meeting draft minutes. This item is for discussion and action. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, any questions, comments from commissioners? Nope. I think we need a motion to approve the minutes. Can I get a motion? I'll move to approve. Second. Perfect. Kyle. Okay, uh, we can open it up for public comment. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item two? Okay, and seeing none, public comment on item two is closed. I'm hearing no further public comment or discussion. Um, I'll call the roll. Chair Hunter? Aye. Commissioner Sullivan? Aye. Commissioner Yuen? Aye. And motion passes. Thank you, Kyle. Moving on to item number three, which is the meeting of today's discussion. Okay. Item three is presentation on the Environment Department's proposed budget and priorities for fiscal year 2024-25 and 2025-26. Sponsors are Tiger Energy Director Joe Sale and Finance Program Manager. The speakers are to Energy Program Manager, Yo Chi, Deputy Director, Cindy Comerford, Climate Program Manager, Jack Macy's Your Waste Program Manager, Shana Meta, Community Partnerships and Engagement Program Manager, Kelly Ohio, Toxics Reduction and Health and Communities Program Manager, Charles Sheehan, Chief Policy and Public Affairs Officer, and Hannah Chu, Clean Transportation Program Manager. The explanatory document is the draft Environment Department fiscal year 2024 25 and 2025 26 budget PowerPoint. So, I discussion. All right, just confirming you can hear me. Okay, Kyle. We can hear you. Great. Uh, Chair Hunter, members of the commission, uh, this is one of two required meetings uh, that we'll go into a little bit more detail as, as to the requirement, uh, but this is one of two hearings that's required as part of our budget process uh, for the environment department. Uh, this meeting, we're going to be going over a few different things, uh, and we're going to try to retread some territory that we covered at our last full commission meeting around the priorities for our various programs. So we're going to take a walk through our budget process, talk a little bit about some of the strategic priorities that frame a lot of the program and priorities and, and where we're focusing our budget. Uh, speak a little bit about the general fund considerations as 
uh, you'll learn as we hear through the mayor's instructions to departments. Uh, that's where we're having to look for uh, money to give back to the city's general fund, which is currently in a large deficit. Um, and we'll take this feedback and then lead to our next full commission meeting in February, uh, where the commission will get to vote on adopting our budget for submittal uh, into the budget process. I do want to note that this information is current for where we are in the in the budget process. And what I mean by that is uh, it's based on the information that we have now. And this information is somewhat fluid and changing, which is very normal uh, for the city budget process. So we're still waiting, for example, certain work orders and con confirmation of certain work orders from departments. Um, you know, today the state just released their own uh, budget projections as far as the deficit they're projecting, which also impacts uh, the city, uh, but that was already accounted for, uh, I believe, within our city uh, cuts that are required under the mayor's direction. But it shows you how kind of there's, there's a little bit of a push and pull and adjustment that happens throughout the budget process as more information uh, becomes available. And uh, to help lead us through the large part of the conversation, I'm going to invite Leo Chi, our, our Deputy Director and Chief Administrative Officer, uh, to get us started uh, through the rest of the presentation. And then we'll turn it over to the program teams uh, later on to talk through their specific budgets. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I wish I could be there in person, but I appreciate getting, getting the opportunity to do this remotely. Um, I guess, Kyle, if you can go ahead and advance the slides, hopefully I'm on the same schedule as you, great. Um, so this is just a summary of where we're going with the presentation. So we'll just start off um, sharing information about the budget process, allowing us to put this um, conversation in the larger citywide picture. Um, next, um, Tyrone will share the director's strategic priorities for the organization. Um, then we'll go through program by program and talk about program priorities and any specifics related to the budget that um, get raised. Um, finally, we did call out a specific section about general fund considerations, since that is what's getting the most attention from the mayor's office right now as they try to balance the overall budget. And of course, there's time for questions at the end. Uh, next slide, please. Great. So um, this is recapping here just some of the requirements under Ordinance 294-19. Um, it defines the budget instructions um, requirements and basically um, mandates that there be a public meeting to allow for public input on each department's budget priorities. And that needs to be held at least 15 days before the budget is approved. And then there's a follow-on meeting, which we will have in February with the full commission, um, where the, the commission can um, take an action to approve the budget. Next slide. Um, so, um, the translation of those sort of dates is that both meetings must be held before February 14th um, because the department has to submit its budget proposal to the mayor and controller by February 21st. Um, and that's, I believe, charter mandated. They're, they can't um, do extensions on that. Um, the mayor does, the controller's office does some cleanup and then hands the budget materials to the mayor's office by March 1st. And then the mayor's office um, has to propose its budget to the Board of Supervisors 
Um, it says May 1st on this slide and environment is one of the departments that is grouped with those that are due on May 1st. I believe that um, some of the other departments are still on a June 1st schedule. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I, I know that we are May 1 and um, I, I think most of the city is still on June 1. Um, next slide, please. Um, so the mayor did issue budget instructions and um, these are referring to the instructions for the two upcoming fiscal years um, rather than what they called the sort of like mid-year cut um, instructions, which um, could be a little bit confusing. But these are the instructions that are for the budget year and the year following. Um, the mayor's in conjunction with the controller's office um, projecting a $245 million budget shortfall for fiscal year 24-25, and they expect that to continue to grow. So their projection is a $554 million shortfall in 25-26. Um, and so that's why they've put an emphasis on having ongoing cuts so that they can reduce that cumulative impact in their model, which continues to grow over a five-year period. Um, so if they were to get $245 million in ongoing cuts to balance this year, then they would roll that forward so that you would take that off of the second year of the budget and make that effort um, more manageable. Um, so their instructions are that general fund departments should implement the mid-year budget reductions that were previously agreed upon. So for us, that's um, a 50 thousand dollar reduction that we did make that was ongoing and we're actually given credit for that toward our overall 10 percent reduction in general fund support so for us that's a two hundred thousand dollar reduction per year and um so we have credit for the fifty thousand that we already gave back and then finally they do ask for five percent contingency proposals that they can consider because even i think if they took all of the um 10 percent cuts they still wouldn't have enough funding to balance. So they're looking at other solutions and they want to know what options are available for them to move forward with. So there is that request for the contingency proposals. Next slide, please. Great. So I guess I got ahead of myself, but yes, the instruction for us is $200,000 in ongoing reductions to general fund support since our general fund support is about $2 million per year. Um, and the direction is to focus on core department programs and essential operations as what we need to maintain. Um, and then they're essentially, you know, asking people to get rid of what's less important. So um, it's always a hard challenge to prioritize that way because I think we do I don't think we have anything that's extra, but um, nonetheless, we have to be responsible for, you know, meeting that target and then also balancing um, the non-general fund supported parts of the budget. So that, um, you know, is always something that takes work as well. Um, we have the same issues with wages and um, health benefits and other costs escalating at a you know, faster than CPI rate. And so we need to make sure that we're able to find the right revenues and um, handle any potential reductions in fee collections, for example, if there were, um, you know, less development happening. So just needing to balance on our own um, a lot of the special funds that we have and um, 
Yeah, I mean, luckily we do have um, a lot of great grant support and um, we'll hear more about that going forward also in terms of some of the additional grant applications that we have out. Um, next slide, please. So um, this is just a summary to give you a sense of how we have a range of sources of which general fund just makes up 4% of our budget. And so this is, um, as, as those of you who've been on our commission know well, um, it's great and new that we have this general fund support from the city and it's a really valuable use of um, city dollars so that we can do really core priority work and have the flexibility that we need to do some of the most important things that we wanna achieve as a department. But you can see that um, incoming grants makes up the largest chunk of our budget. It's 40% of our budget. And then the solid waste impound accounts. So, um, you know, the core of which supports the zero waste work um, at 36% of the budget. And then we do get 12% um, of our budget from fees and 8% of our budget from interdepartmental services. So those that's the city's name for the work orders from departments like PUC or um, Department of Building Inspection requesting services from San Francisco Environment. Um, anything else to add on this? Um, the I think I would just flag that the fees number looked a little high to me, so I, I looked into it a little bit further, and that does wrap up all of the cigarette butt fee um, monies in that total, which is why that percentage is as high as it is. And that money is um, passed through to DPW with a small portion passed on to the Treasurer Tax Collector's Office for administration. So um, that does flow through our budget, which is why it's counted in the fee total. But for us, the fee revenue that we're really using is the um, construction and demolition funds, as well as the safe medicine disposal fees. Next slide, please. I think I'm gonna jump in here to take the next two slides. Um, as Leo mentioned, you know, a large portion of our budget does come from grants. Uh, this department has had a long successful track record of going after a lot of different grants from the federal, state, uh, and local nonprofit level. Um, and that shows here in this, this table. And I think we've done a, a really great job over this past year in particular in researching and successfully going after um, a, a large volume of grants uh, for a department of our size. And so here you see the number of grants uh, that we have submitted for, um, as well as the total requested budget amount. And so uh, we submitted for over 21 uh, different grants from these different categories, totaling uh, about $89 million to try to bring into the city. Uh, next slide. Next slide shows uh, where we've been successful in obtaining grants. And so a number of the grants, it takes time to do the evaluation um, and to award the grants. And so we're not always successful in every single grant uh, that we apply for. Um, like I said, we have a strong track record in, of success, but even then uh, we do get declines every now and then. Um, so when you look at the funds that we have received through the grants we've applied for, uh, we've actually received this uh, year reflected in the budget about 42, uh, $43 million. And we're projected to receive an additional 2.6 uh, million on top of that. And so I think our strong track record of going for grants and bringing in resources to this department, and not just to this department, but actually to the communities in San Francisco, 
is shown once again through our work. Uh, next slide. I think I'm going to turn it over to Joe for this slide now. Uh, good evening. Commissioner, um, <clears throat> my name is Joe Salem, budget manager for the Department of the Environment. Excuse me, the San Francisco Environment Department. I've been here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to reiterate before um, I continue that that this is a draft budget, and as such, it's going to change. Um, or at least has potential to change a lot between now and the time that we um, submit it to the mayor's office on, on February 21st. Um, so as some of you, as some of you know, I can't articulate my speech today, uh, some of you know that the San Francisco Environment Department has both an annual appropriation ordinance or AAO uh, budget and an annual operating budget. Uh, the AAO budget request is what we deliver to the mayor's office on February 21st. But the operating budget is a more comprehensive representation of the department's spending plan. Essentially, the operating budget takes into account the department's entire current projection for sources and uses in a given fiscal year, whereas the AAO budget only captures new sources and uses we are requesting for a given fiscal year. Uh, because of this, you know, when we receive a mid or, or multi-year uh, grant, for example, um, those sources tend to not be reflected in the AAO budget requests uh, in the outlying years, uh, even though we will be spending against them in those years. So in recognition of that, uh, we're going to be discussing our, our operating budget this evening because uh, we feel this is the best way to represent, uh, excuse me, to provide the most comprehensive and thorough view of our budget process and spending for fiscal 2025. Uh, and that brings us to this slide. Um, so. This slide shows side by side a summary of our draft AAO uh, proposal and our current draft operating budget proposal. As you can see, there's a large variance between what we are proposing in new funding, which is what the proposed annual appropriation side illustrates on the left, and what we are currently expecting in operational funding for next fiscal year. Uh, nowhere is this variance you know, greater illustrated than the grant revenue uh, we're currently expecting to request about 13.3 million uh, in uh, our AAO submission to the mayor's office, but we're expecting to recognize over 16.6 million uh, in operating revenue from grant sources in fiscal 2025. Uh, so this side-by-side -side comparison that, that you see is really kind of for illustrative purposes to kind of hopefully show that, that the magnitude of the variances uh, between the AAO and the operating budget. Um, you know, and, and kind of, kind of show why we, why we, uh, you know, we use the operating budget in this presentation to give the best representation of the department spending um, for the next fiscal year. Um, so, turning to that operating budget, yeah, you can see uh, that we currently have a deficit of about one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, and that deficit is almost entirely tied to the required reduction in general fund support from the mayor's budget instructions. Um, you know, we will be working over the next several weeks to, to balance this deficit, and we're you know, confident that we will you know, be able to submit a balanced budget uh, to the mayor on February 2021st. Uh, next slide. So every city department is required to submit a two-year budget each year. 
Uh, but because of the nature of our funding and our heavy reliance on grant revenue, uh, it's incredibly difficult to accurately forecast a budget for the second fiscal year of our submission. Because of this, we generally focus this presentation on the next fiscal year, in this case, fiscal 2024-25. Uh, and to illustrate this, you know, we see the current status of our fiscal 2024-25 and fiscal 25-26 draft budgets. As you can see, the current fiscal 25-26 budget deficit stands today at over $2.7 million. Uh, <clears throat> this large deficit's due to two factors. Uh, the first is that the department has not yet secured uh, approximately $1.4 million in general fund personnel support uh, for fiscal 2026. And the second factor is that several grants are active in 2025 that will conclude before fiscal 2026. And while we're, you know, we have every confidence that we'll secure new grants or some other revenue source to cover the gap by the time we submit our 2026-2027 budgets, um, you know, <clears throat> at this time, you know, those those kinds of grants haven't even been identified, so that's like applied for and awarded. Uh, so it's for this reason that we focus primarily on the next fiscal year in, in these presentations. We simply don't have enough information to, to give an accurate picture of our budget two years out. Uh, with that, I'll turn it back over to uh, Director Jew. Your next slide. And maybe we, before we begin the next portion um, around priorities, if we can take a break to see if there's any questions from the commission on any of the slides that we've presented thus far. I have one question, which is the, the big drop in general fund um, dollars between the two fiscal years. So the 25, 26, uh, I didn't understand why we're projecting the decrease. Um, that's a, that's a, oh, Leo, why don't you go ahead? You can jump in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, so basically the way that the budget office implemented the 5.15 ongoing FTE that are supposed to be for implementing the climate action plan, um, whether it's the mayor's office or the controller's office, that whoever was the entity that was supposed to implement it, they put it in for they put funding in for the current fiscal year and for FY 24-25, but the way they put it in, it actually falls out so that it's not included in the 25-26 budget. My approach going forward likely will be just to put all of that funding back in. I think we have strong documentation and many of you know the history that these were committed to as ongoing positions. Uh, and so, I expect that money to to be in that second year of the budget, but we need to still have um, some follow on conversations with the mayor's office to make sure that that's something that um, that they can agree to ideally, and and then we would be able to put them in directly during our budget submission. Um, if they gave us some different instruction about what they wanted to see, for example, if they felt like they needed to do it or they needed us to wait, then that would merit a lot of. I think further conversation, but my hope is that their instruction would be just that we assume that those are 5.15 funded permanent positions that are indefinite and not something that should come out. So to sort of try to recap that, I mean, basically there was a commitment made for the 5.15 FTE. The way that it was loaded was done in a hasty way and there's um, documentation about them knowing that it wasn't the 
best way to put it into the budget. They didn't include it in that um, year two of the budget. So we can't um, say that it's there in good conscience, but I do have confidence that they should honor their commitment and um, allow us to continue those funding. And, um, you know, I was going to talk more about it later on, but even the way that they put the positions in, they put the dollars in without the actual position authority. So I'm trying to convert those into actual positions so that we would be able to hire people in permanent, ideally permanent civil service, but in either, in any case, in permanent positions while, you know, we've had to make a number of compromises in the current year, choosing to do some temp exempt hires. And sometimes that makes sense because of speed, but um, definitely like there were some constraints with our kind of authority to hire for those positions. So I want to see that corrected and I want to do it with buy-in from the mayor's office, if at all possible. Got We're it. meeting with them yeah. next week. Okay. Thanks Leo, that's helpful. You're welcome. Just a quick uh, clarifying question, Leo, for the grant funding secured, it doesn't match the current operating budget. Is that because we're operating on the assumption that some of the multi-year grants being spread out, those numbers will not match? Yes. I mean, I think um, Joe would probably be the best for giving all the technical details, but we, we have gotten some very large grants that for example, span like three years. And so, um, you know, Joe's been able to work with the controller's office to be able to try to manage like spreading that money out. But um, in some cases, it still has to all be appropriated in the first year. So, you know, Joe's um, in creating the operating budget, trying to reflect when we think the actual spending would occur, even though in some cases, I guess, if we you know, needed to change the timeline, we should have the legal authority or we could pursue the option to do that. But he's reflecting, I think, the the, the programmatic plan when it's a multi-year set of grants. I do think that um, we're trying to canvas all the staff to also make sure that we're capturing in the budget all grants that we think we have a good chance of getting next year. And I think some of them have been incorporated in, but um, if there's any additional ones that we think we have a good shot for, I'd like to also see those added in. So that's something that we'll continue to do over the next few weeks. Joe, please add anything that I missed. It's, I can see you in sure, the corner. No, I, I, no absolutely. I, I would just add that um, another big component that are um, grants we receive mid-year and do uh, an accept and expend for. We'll put that, that will go into the budget uh, in that fiscal year. And oftentimes we will be using that funding in the outline fiscal year, but it will not be reflected in the AAO because it's already put into the to the budget uh, in the current fiscal year. Thank you. That is super helpful clarification. Yeah. Um, just on that last point, Leo, um, for which grants we have secured and are reflected in the operating budget, it would just be helpful to have that in extreme clarity when it goes to the full commission. Um, the one other question that I did have was on the 5% contingency that you mentioned that the mayor's office is also asking for. I don't recall this happening in previous years, but maybe I'm not recalling off the top of my head. What does that contingency plan look like and what is the department thinking for that additional 5%? Um, well, I mean, we kind of, I don't know if it, we, toward the end, we kind of have um, some slides just talking about the reality of what the general fund funds in our department and there's not that many choices really available so 
Um, I think it's still really uh, something that we've definitely begun talking about internally. I know Ty's been talking to the program managers who are most impacted and trying to think through how we would approach that. Um, you know, the contingency request, when I was in the budget office, we we often asked for the contingency. So to me, it seems familiar. I think we've just had budget years that have been less bad recently, frankly. So I, I think that hasn't been something that they've needed to ask for. Um, but um, I'd have to refer to the the submission sheet, but I believe it's just a narrative. Like they definitely don't want us to put the contingency into the system. They just want us to describe, I think, the concept of what it would look like and and how those savings would be achieved. So um, it would require, I think, like it's not something they could implement most likely without having some conversation with us first about what it would look like if they were going after that funding. That's correct. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, um, we can move on to the next slides. <clears throat> uh, so the next couple of slides are going to go over the strategic priorities and kind of a summation of all the work that we're doing in our various program areas and our goals as a department. Uh, next slide. <clears throat> this chart should be uh, fairly familiar to everyone. Uh, this represents our organization chart for the environment department. Uh, we have a fully staffed uh, senior executive staff uh, finally in the department, thanks to uh, Leo and, and everyone uh, being in their positions. So we're really excited with that. And it's really allowed us to kind of move forward with all of the uh, strategic planning work, uh, which has been underway for the last few months. Next slide. <clears throat> and this kind of shows you the, the direction for uh, these conversations and kind of where our focus uh, has been and where my focus has been in leading this department. Uh, none of these should be uh, unfamiliar to the commission as they come up in multiple instances throughout uh, the, the past year. Uh, the first one around sustainable renaissance captures how we kind of weave our work into the ongoing economic recovery for the city, which is a priority of the mayor and obviously a priority for everyone in the city. And how do we ensure that as we're doing this economic recovery that it's both economically just and that we're including sustainability as part of that conversation, whether it's around uh, the revitalization of downtown, whether it's the attract, attraction or recruitment of new businesses uh, into the city, um, seeing that vision for uh, attracting interest companies and uh, mobilization from people into making sure that all of that direction is done in a sustainable manner uh, is something that we want to strive for and incorporate into our budget. The second is around financial stability. Last year, we were focused very much on the additional revenue and additional money from the general fund to secure those five positions that we just talked about. Um, this year, as you saw through the budget presentation thus far, and as we've noted at the full commission meeting, uh, we're trying to keep everything that we have uh, given this, this period of deficit with the city. But our long-term goal, if you look over the next two years, is really to to reduce our reliance on grants and work orders, which you know are a much less stable source of funding for our department and for our staff. And you know they kind of uh, reduce the ability and flexibility of our staff to work on projects because they're driven uh, by you know the, what the grant is. They're driven by what's on the work order, or they're driven by 
um, whatever spelled out uh, via the source of funding like refuse uh, funding. The third focuses on our desire to continue being a leader in the climate space and to continue growing our partnerships both internally within the city with our fellow city departments and externally with all of our community-based partners. And so that's uh, reflected in all of the priorities that you saw last uh, at the last commission meeting and reflected in, in the priorities that we wanna move forward over the next two, three years. And the last one uh, is around environmental justice and racial equity and centering all of our work uh, with these two lenses and through these two principles. And so these reflect kind of the strategic priorities which uh, are kind of woven into every part of our programmatic uh, priorities and their budgets. And I'll pass it on to our first program area. Uh, I think it's Cindy up to talk about the climate budget. Uh, good evening, Commissioner. My name is Cindy Tomlinson. I'm the climate program manager. And I'm going to go through the climate program uh, priorities and its structure and its budget. Many of these slides you saw in our January or December commission meeting. So I'm not going to go in over them in detail, but um, towards the end of the presentation, I'll be available for questions. So the climate program is an array of different teams that work together with stakeholders to reduce carbon emissions and also uh, other harmful pollutants in the environment while advancing environmental justice and healthy ecosystems. If you go to the next slide, you can look at the structure of the climate program. We have six distinct teams within the climate program. Uh, we have building decarbonization, climate action, which kind of facilitates our citywide climate planning, environmental justice, biodiversity, codes and standards, and also circular economy. Next slide. And so we have an array of funding sources for all these different programs. Um, some of our funding comes from general fund. We also have some of our programs which include circular economy and some of our environmental justice work that is funded by impound. We also have many different work orders. Um, some of the departments that we receive work orders from include the Department of Building Inspections, which is EPI, MLHCD, which is the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, PUC, Public Utilities Commission, SFO. We also received um, money for biodiversity and our urban forest work from five different departments not listed here. In addition, we have grant funding, which includes BayRen, CNCA, which is our Carbon Neutral City Alliance, and DPR, which is our Department of Pesticide Regulation. And um, next year, we will also be adding the EPA to our grant funding list. And so we have six main priorities, um, and I'm not going to go through all of them in detail, but just to kind of review what I presented in December, um, we're looking to update our 2021 Climate Action Plan and start working on that in the next couple months. We're going to continue to work on building decarbonization and advancing different policies and programs to make sure that we can achieve our zero emission carbon goals for buildings. We're going to continue to advance environmental justice within the city by working on our pesticide grant and also our other EPA environmental justice programs. Excellent. Okay. One second.
Okay, just keep going. Here. So I'll just keep going. We have three more priorities. Um, the next one is for our Urban Forest Council uh, to make sure that we're really promoting collaboration and interagency work um, for the city and that we're making sure that we're advancing our healthy ecosystem strategies and actions within the climate action plan. Uh, we're looking to really create our circular economy team uh, within the next fiscal year to make sure that we're encouraging low carbon products and reducing our consumption-based emissions. And last but not least, we're going to work on you know, creating a sustainable funding for our climate action plan. And so the next slide is gonna be Joe and he's gonna go over the operating budget for the climate team. Um, and just before I turn it back over to Joe, uh, the budget doesn't reflect all six teams. So it's kind of uh, condensed into three teams and we're still in the process of moving over our biodiversity budget into the climate program. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Joe. Um, so the for the climate program, and we're currently showing a deficit of approximately $72,000. And again, this is mainly related to the uh, reduction in, uh, in general fund support that we're mandated to, to, to make. Um, the biggest year-over-year -year changes that we see in climate um, include a large increase in the grant expenditures and grant revenue categories. Uh, it's due to a one-time $250,000 add-back for fiscal 2025, as well as uh, a new environmental justice EPA grant. And both of those um, funding sources uh, are, are largely funding outgoing grants on the expenditure side. Oh, and I wanted to mention also that, um, you know, while we go through these, these um, program slides, you'll notice that uh, the FTE counts can go higher and go lower uh, year over year. And that's often related to staff changing cost centers uh, to reflect like anticipated work for the next fiscal year, as opposed to like actual increases and decreases in, in headcount of people. I uh, just wanted to, to point that out. Next slide. Thank you for your patience. We're just dealing with a technical issue here. I have shown up there for a second for the outside audience. All right, bring it back up again, Kyle. Outside. Since I did show for him. If needed, uh, Chapter, we could also take a brief recess while we try to solve the issue. Uh, I'm fine to take a quick five-minute recess if it's needed. I'm also fine to keep soldering on if all the commissioners, it looks like, had they called me. Why don't we um, soldier on and then meantime, maybe we can see if Leo can share from his
computer. Um, so why don't we? Does that sound good? Okay. Clean transportation, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Hannah True. I'm with the education team. So as a refresher, the program manages uh, implementation of the city wide electric vehicle roadmap, as well as supports implementation of the clean transportation elements of the city's climate action plan. Slide if you're following along. We have a small but mighty team of five grown um, over the last year, which is really exciting. Uh, we work both on vehicle electrification, uh, which is the majority of our staff's time, as well as mode shift strategies that fall under the transportation demand management umbrella. Uh, so that includes our commuter benefits program and our emergency ride home program. Next slide. So our work is funded, uh, like the climate team, out of a mix of sources. Um, federal and state and regional grants, uh, work orders from fellow departments, such as the SFMTA and PUC, as well as a citywide account to support uh, community benefits administration, and uh, some general fund for staffing costs. Next slide. So for our program priorities, uh, again, we went over these at the last commission meeting, so we won't go into too much detail. But generally, our current priorities align with the scopes of work uh, for our funders on the previous slide and focus on expanding equitable access to clean transportation <clears throat> options across a variety of vehicle classes and modes, um, working on uh, developing a fast charging plaza, uh, expanding e-bike, uh, an e-bike delivery pilot program <clears throat> that we have in place currently, and publishing a medium heavy duty electrification plan for the city. I'll hand it off to yeah, for the whole thing. Perfect. Uh, so the clean transportation budget is effectively balanced for, for fiscal 24-25. Uh, major changes for next fiscal year are related to an increase in utilization of um, uh, and electric vehicles grant, uh, as well as a new uh, Department of Energy grant. Uh, and this is reflected in the large increases you see in the non-personnel services expenditures and the grant revenue sections. Joe, can you remind me what, what's the, the, the grant represents the big increase? Is that the, the, the bike, e-bike? E uh, e a portion, yes, it's, it's the e-bike. It's a CEC EV light duty. Um, there's, there's increased utilization of the funding from that grant. Uh, yes, the DOE e-bike, and there's actually now there's an increase in uh, potential increase in the emergency ride home grant. Uh, good evening, Commissioners. I'm Lowell Jude. I'm the Energy Program Manager, and um, as a reminder, the Energy Program exists to advance climate action plan by designing and administering energy efficiency programs that provide protection and increases affordability. <clears throat> Next slide, please. So um, we have a similar size as the clean transportation theme. There are six FDEs comprising of two, class 5642 and four. Class 5640. Next slide, please. And you know, a major funding source mm -hmm. 
comes from grants. So um, as you saw in the previous slide, we're getting it. We received a big infusion of funds from the Bay Area Regional Energy Network, Bayland, um, which is an entity um, that is a program administrator of state ratepayer funds. So we are authorized under the auspices of the state regulator, the California Public Goods Commission, to administer, implement, market um, energy efficiency programs in commercial, single family, multifamily, and other sectors. That's the bulk of our funding. And we also got a couple of Department of Energy grants that will be coming in at the new fiscal year. So we're excited about that. And we supplement all of that with work orders uh, we have with our CCA friends, Clean Power SF. Um, we also have uh, the Department of Public Health work order, which administers the fixed lead SF program. And um, we also have a reporter with the airport and the public utilities commission to do energy efficiency related activities. Next slide, please. Um, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what's going on. <laughs> the priorities are, um, you know, my colleague last time uh, was, uh, was here to explain some of the priorities. And just a quick reminder, uh, we are going to soft launch a refrigerant replacement program. Uh, refrigerant, um, the older refrigerants are very environmentally harmful, and we are going to go to small businesses and replace them with environmentally friendly alternatives, not just in San Francisco, but in the entire Bay. So we serve the entire Bay of the county. Um, and then we're going to increase the number of hard to reach and underserved small businesses participation in a Bay Ren business program uh, by 10%, while reducing costs by 4%. And that's important because, like I mentioned, um, Bayland programs are funded by state repair funds. As a result, they are held to a cost effectiveness requirement. So we want to make sure that uh, we're getting the benefits while um, suppressing our costs. And thirdly, by the end of 2024, um, we want to submit a plan to the Department of Energy that's going to install 200 heat pumps in 200 days in the disadvantaged community, which enables us to unlock the next level, which is another 400K to do a pilot. So once we pass that gate, we get uh, a pass. So um, I will now turn it over to you, Joe, to Thomas Adam. Thanks. So uh, the energy budget is balanced for the next fiscal year. Uh, so we'll mention that showing uh, the large increases for Energy um, are related to the new grant funding, uh, the largest of which is the the, uh, oh, good, oh, the Bay Area Regional Energy Network grant that he was uh, referencing earlier. And that grant uh, over four years is approximately $40 million. Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that one relates to what program? The $40 million. Uh, the Bayran. The Bayran. Yeah. So, so Commissioner Lovin, the the Bayran, the Bayran um, is an umbrella corporation that has many programs in our department. So, like I mentioned, the single family, multifamily, um, and commercial. The increase that you see there is reflected because we're launching a new refrigerant program. Okay. So that's funding to get that program started. Got it. Thank yeah. You.
Hallie Ojea, and I am the program manager for the Toxics Reduction and Healthy Communities team. And um, just as a reminder about our work, we safeguard human health and the environment by implementing local policies, increasing public awareness, and offering services to safely manage hazardous waste and reduce the use, manufacture, and sale of toxic chemicals. Um, our structure of the team, um, we have, like some of the teams here at the department were divided by the this, the audience that we serve. So we have a commercial facing audience and our green business program and our healthy nail salon program and a few other initiatives live there. We have our residential program um, that works a lot on uh, household hazardous waste disposal and our safe medicine disposal program. And then we have our municipal program that is best known for the integrated pest management work and the buy green ordinance. And we have a new uh, team and program. Uh, it's, the, it's for the landscaping program. So there's a new ordinance that I talked about last time a little bit um, that bans the use of gas-powered landscaping equipment. And so we've built a program around that. We're actually calling it Healthy Communities, but um, we have one FTE coming on the way, hopefully. Um, and our funding sources, we have impound account. Um, we have work orders from different departments like the health department, public works, MTA, the port, UC, Brecon Park. And that is, uh, those departments fund a lot of the integrated pest management work and also our green business work. Um, we also, uh, for the first time, are receiving general funds and that is for the gas powered landscaping equipment ordinance. We receive fees, um, from the Safe Medicine Disposal Ordinance, that the implementation of that. And we also receive grants um, from some state agencies like Cal Recycle, also Cal EPA some years. Um, we also have some foundation and nonprofit funding. California Green Business Network is one. Uh, we have a grant this year from Healthy Babies Bright Futures. Um, and you know, things change over the years, but that's that's what we have now. Um, I talked again about our priorities last time, but really quickly, some of the big ones that we have um, are around batteries and increasing uh, the availability of battery recycling, battery, and with that, doing some public education around battery safety when at the end of life. Um, we are also, again, uh, we're implementing this ordinance around gas-powered landscaping equipment called the Healthier, Cleaner, Quieter Communities Act. Um, and we're continuing to implement our very successful green business program. And, uh, and part of that success has been uh, a rebate and prebate program, which we want to maintain as well. And Joe will talk the budget. Uh, so the toxic reduction program is uh, currently showing a deficit of about $50,000. And um, the the major changes in the toxics reduction budget uh, are a shift in expenditure funding from from non-personnel services to grants, um, and as well as uh, an increase in the general fund revenue, uh, which is due to an expected increase in the utilization of a two-year. $475,000 ADMAC uh, related to the, uh, the gas-powered small engine program. Um, 
uh, for biodiversity, we see an increase in, in uh, this is due to really just a consolidation of, of the FTE into one place to better reflect uh, the, the work that's being done. Uh, for urban forestry, we see an increase um, which reflects uh, an anticipated request to increase the FTE uh, from 0.5 to, to 1.0 on that. Uh, and to that end, I'd actually like to point out that the um, urban forest FTE count for 23-24 uh, is incorrect. That should be 0 0.60, not 0 0.06 for that. And I will make sure that that gets correct. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, commissioners. Uh, my name is Alexa Kilke. I'm the residential gym race coordinator. Um, I'm here also with my colleagues, Jane Slattery and Circle Monday, and um, to answer any detailed questions you might have around CMB or city government. Um, I'm presenting on behalf of uh, Jack Macy Block and Alton Lee. Uh, many of you already know, um, obviously, our zero waste uh, goals of our, our team is to uh, reach zero waste, send nothing to landfill or incineration. Um, but in addition to that, we're trying to reduce generation. And the way I think about that is a faucet that we're trying to turn down on consumption. And that requires innovation, reuse, um, circularity, um, producer responsibility, right? So it, it, we're, we're working way beyond just the blue and green cans. So I'm trying to market us in a different way, right? There's a lot we have to do. Um, we are a team of 16.5 full-time staff. Um, we're also split similar to the toxics reduction team. We are uh, working on, with the commercial sector, residential sector, and the city government sector, and the uh, construction demolition um, is a separate sector that has um, been growing pretty considerably recently. Um, the newest addition to the team on this chart will be our city government position, the 5640, and that person will be implementing uh, our zero waste policies for the city government team um, and managing the new um, city refuse contracts. So there's a big new city refuse contract that's finally getting finalized after a big lift, and that person will be coming in to, to manage that team. Um, next slide, please. Um, so, uh, primarily we're funded, obviously, through the refuse in Pound Account, which comes from refuse rates. And we're also getting uh, CMB uh, transporter uh, uh, permit fees. And uh, that's basically, basically licensing fees that come from uh, mixed debris haulers that now have to get permitted. So that funding is coming to our department. We also have a work order from DBI that's uh, we're working on enforcement and uh, for chapter 14, which is basically um, uh, reaching our uh, construction demolition decree goals. Um, James can provide more information if you have questions on that. Uh, we also get um, a big chunk recently from state grants I'm pretty excited about. This is primarily coming from Cal Recycle. Um, they have made available uh, money for um, SB 1383 compliance, and that's the food recovery requirements. So uh, we're expecting to get 1.3 million, um, hopefully in spring. 
and we'll be able to work with all the food recovery organizations to really beef up uh, their ability to accept food and redistribute food. Um, as well as, um, as part of SB 1383 is our compost procurement requirements. So every county in the state of California has to purchase compost and apply it. So uh, we're doing a lot of work on that. I'm working with Zero Blueprint, purchasing compost and actually applying it on farms um, outside of San Francisco. Obviously we don't have huge amount of farms, but we're also doing um, compost, uh, giving out compost to residents so they can better understand what are we trying to do with zero waste? Um, and then there's the cigarette litter abatement, as um, Leo pointed out at the beginning. That's a, purely a pass-through to DPW. We don't um, get any of those funds. Um, next slide, please. So uh, yeah, our four, uh, Jack talked about our priorities already. Uh, I will say um, we've done a racial equity scan on all of our policies. So the first one and the second one, so our deconstruction policies and extensive analysis on that. So that's a huge priority. We've adjusted, we will adjust the policies to better serve um, our local communities as well as our reasonable foodware ordinance. Um, sorry, our reusable foodware policy, which we hope to pass, we're still um, needing to introduce that, um, but we're already working with the business community to swap out uh, their reusables and we're creating a lot of cost incentive, uh, particularly for businesses that are um, owned by businesses of uh, color. So in addition to that, I'm working on um, number three, which is our trash processing. That's really what's gonna get us to the zero waste. Hopefully all of our municipal stream will eventually be processed and we'll be able to remove those organics. Um, and then the fourth thing is implementing our city uh, refuse contract I mentioned. So now I'll pass it to Joe. Uh, so the zero waste uh, budget is effectively balanced as a small deficit of uh, approximately $16,000. Uh, the major changes we see in zero waste uh, come from uh, an $800,000 increase in the cigarette litter abatement budget, as well as the uh, new uh, food recovery uh, grant that uh, Alexa was mentioning. Next slide, Jim. Um, just a quick follow-up question on the zero waste ordinance. So if that were passed, it would basically be uh, an unfunded mandate, for lack of a better word. Or is that food rare policy? Yes. Okay. Uh, it would basically ask the department to do a lot more than it currently does, hopefully supporting businesses transition over to reusable foodware. Does the department have any plans to increase the support currently offered to businesses if that were to happen? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't work on that policy directly, but uh, I know right now we're working with contractors to offer technical assistance. Uh, Charles, do you know the answer? Yeah. No, we don't. Okay. Yeah. Charles. Um, Charles, you have policy public affairs. So there are a number of resources that are already budgeted and that we're using now, and we would use if the ordinance passed. Um, this is reusable foodware. Right. Yes. Um, so we have a budget to help restaurants um, give them a small grant to buy reusables. There's some money to help restaurants purchase um, dishwashers. And this is these are funds and resources that restaurants can access now and they can access after the ordinance 
if the ordinance passes. Um, and then the way the zero waste team is set up that they have residential and commercial pro uh, commercial team members, they would also be providing support. So would our outreach team. So there are resources to implement should the ordinance pass. I think um, just to rephrase, if that were to pass, I imagine those resources would become much more desired to transition businesses. And therefore that funding source may dry up quicker. Currently we're looking good, it's even but I don't know how you plan for a research drying up like that in the coming year. And I don't expect you to have an answer, only my curiosity. I mean, I think in last year's budget cycle, we kind of made sure that there was, I think about $100,000 for uh, grants that were available through these programs, specifically in advance in preparation for when the ordinance passes. And so um, that funding and the infusion of funding is, relatively fresh and again it's it was for uh we're in preparation and for after the ordinance is implemented great thank you good evening i'm shredlin Metlin. i'm the manager of our community partnerships and engagement team and our team improves accessibility and awareness of the department's programs and policies by centering racial and social equity in our strategies. Um, next slide. Um, the structure of our team is similar to other teams. There are five different subdivisions of our program, including our communications team, our community engagement marketing and data team, our Environment Now team, which is our grassroots outreach arm, um, racial equity, and uh, our environmental uh, education team. Slide. And our funding sources are uh, the refuse and talent account, similar to some of the other programs here. We have a couple work orders from the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, and then um, some of the grants that were mentioned earlier fund a small portion of staff time on our team, including the Bay Run grant and uh, the Environmental Protection Agency grant that will be starting um, sometime later this fiscal year. And then a small amount of funding from the general fund, which uh, supports our senior racial equity coordinator position. Slide. We went over our program priorities at the last um, commission meeting, but just to recap, um, we want to prioritize deeper community engagement and deepening our partnerships, um, including some of our partners that engage with youth and expanding our youth engagement. Um, we also want to promote language accessibility and ensure all of the department's uh, programs and policies apply a racial and social equity lens. So those are our priorities, and then I'll turn it over to Michelle. So the, the outreach budget is currently showing small deficit of uh, $17,000. Uh, this budget's very fairly stable. It's, it's, most of the variances are coming from some modest uh, changes in the FTE counts, cost of living adjustments, and uh, and an increase in funding uh, for for outgoing grants. Um, I do want to point out on the slide uh, as well the FTE count for both 2024-25 20, 
2425, uh, those amounts would be 26.11 and 26.62. That the numbers erroneous, but I'll, I'll make sure that those are corrected. All righty. Um, thanks. Um, I'm up for uh, sharing about the administration team. So um, I'll try to keep it brief. We are providing the internal services for the department for budget and finance, accounting, contract and grants administration, um, the office day-to-day -day management, um, and also um, human resources. So um, yeah, just uh, go ahead and flip to the next slide, please. I know I have a little bit of a delay, but there you go. So um, we, we have our, um, Basically, um, Joe Salem, who you have there, um, our budget manager, who is also over IT. We've got um, Mark Brown, who handles fiscal and is also overseeing our staff who do the office management, including personnel and payroll. Um, Ty and I work directly with um, DHR. We're uh, super excited that um, Sana, our new um, human resources um, consultant is on board. And so we're gonna be working with her a lot in the upcoming weeks to get her up to speed on the department and to be working very closely with her on our recruitments. Um, and then finally, we're um, close to backfilling for the contracts and grants manager position that um, David Kashani was in. Um, he had promoted to a, a new role at DPH. And so we're very close to getting a lateral transfer set. So we look forward to that being um, completed soon. Um, next slide, please. Um, so our um, division is funded, you know, partly through impound account dollars, and then we do charge overhead um, on different um, external funding sources, which um, we recover to um, fund all of our core administrative purposes. So that is the main um, source in combination with the impound account dollars. The general fund line there is just to acknowledge that um, one of the um, climate action plan um, at back positions is an FTE for doing some administrative work um, on behalf of uh, the, the climate related um, grants and other funding that ties to climate, um, but it's also uh, partly used as an admin support overall. So um, we do have that one FTE of general fund support there. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so again, my goal is for the team to really support our program teams so that they can achieve their important programmatic goals and navigate um, what feels like increasingly complexity processes and requirements. So helping everyone be um, good stewards of the city's dollars by making sure that we have really solid internal controls and um, making sure that we're demonstrating to the city how much value we're bringing um, with the work that we're doing. Um, you know, we want the city to be eager to put additional funding and other investment into the department so that we can um, help the city be really successful in its overall goals. And then finally, um, we really want to 
continue emphasizing prompt hiring, um, continuing to look at the right use of job classes and making sure that we use permanent civil service positions whenever possible. Um, we've got some people who've been on temp exempt and permanent exempt positions for a long time. And so it's more fair and equitable to them if it's possible to move them onto permanent civil service positions um, and can bring some much needed stability um, in a crazy job market out there. Next slide, please. Um, so uh, either Joe or I could do this, but Joe, since you're there, we'll, do you wanna hop in and just talk through the yeah. admin budget? And you can also fill in anything around the overhead that I might not have included. Thanks. Sure, so um, first thing I wanna point out is that uh, this slide for administration uh, is really for information purposes only. All the expenditures and revenues that you see here, with the exception of the new general fund uh, position that's moved into here, um, all of those costs are incorporated into the individual program budgets as indirect. So this slide is really just to show where that indirect, uh, uh, you know, that we charge um, is utilized. So that said, um, you know, the, the admin's expenditure budget is essentially flat year over year. Uh, the increase in the FTEs, as, as Leo had mentioned, uh, flexed the shift in the general fund supported uh, accounting position that, uh, that was in climate uh, that moved over to admin to better reflect you know, the, the nature of the work that it's doing. Um, the major changes for, for administration are a uh, reduction in our uh, rent costs for 2025 um, and beyond, uh, as well as that shifting of the general fund uh, position from, from uh, climate to administration. Thanks, Joe. Um, just to just to show that I did read the slides, I think I noticed one bad number on this this slide, and it's not showing on the screen. But there's a percent change for revenue, which I think should be the same as the percent change for expenses, because they're exactly the same number. But on the slide, on my slide, anyway, it shows minus three percent. My glass. Good, Good eye, Shraddha and I were looking at that last night as well. <laughs> we saw that exact same thing. We'll dig There's into a, cut off on the right. But the, oh, oh, the percent change for revenue when you look for the total, it says minus three percent. Yeah. Oh, um, one one thing I forgot to mention that is important is that um, when when we present this administration operating budget, it does include um, the policy and public affairs program budget as well. So they're um, even though they're managed under. Charles, um, they their budget is um, the same sort of methodology and is part of these numbers. All right, go ahead, Charles. Thanks. Uh, on that note, uh, I'm Charles Jan, Policy and Public Affairs Manager. Uh, my team kind of empowers the commission program teams through strategic, political, and policy guidance, the acquisition of grants promotion of the department in the media, and robust ethics, education, and compliance. Next slide. Um, we have one of the smallest teams, or the mightiest, but we might be the smallest. <laughs> no, that's how you look at it. Um, uh, we have a pretty much a full-time uh, grant writer, uh, two in the policy um, division of the team, and um, one person um, working on commission items and other projects as well. So that's our team. And as you heard before, and as you heard in um, the past minute, we are definitely focusing 
on the acquisition of new grants. We also do want to re-envision um, how we do grant making, that's giving grants out to the community in alignment with our priorities, in alignment with the climate action plan. And, um, and we want to make sure that we are increasing positive, positive coverage of the department, the city, anything environment in the city, uh, in the media, newspapers, TV. Uh, we always want to be talking about uh, what the issues are and the things that we are doing to address those environmental issues. And as Mayo mentioned, our budget comes from the administration budget, so I do not have a next slide. All righty. So I think, um, you know, Ty's going to support me on these, but um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump in and kind of talk through some of the issues. I mean, as you all, you know, quickly picked up from the beginning, I mean, the general fund considerations in terms of what's in the budget from the general fund is of primary, you know, not primary, but of, you know, at the forefront of our mind. And um, we really want to get as much settled with the budget office so that we can be compliant, but still have our needs met as a department. Um, can I, sorry, I, for a moment, I saw that next slide. Okay, so yes, this is kind of a summary um, showing you in some amount of detail what's being funded by the general fund. And this is, um, an operating view of, so, you know, at the beginning, Joe talked about an operating budget and an AAO budget, and this is really an operating lens based on sort of what's available. Um, so the, the biggest piece is the um, 5.15 FTEs that are part of the climate action plan um, funding that was, you know, initially in FY 2223, um, there was um, a, a strong a memo that I think Cindy um, had submitted to the commission through Ty that detailed uh, an array of grants as well as positions that were proposed to be funded. And um, the workforce position there was not funded, but um, a compromise was the $70,000 in professional service contracts that was supposed to come out of that, which could either be used for some kind of workforce related piece or potentially to be um, used to combine services with another department to get the workforce services that are needed. Um, but the other five positions were funded um, for a limited duration. And then in the following year's budget process were um, were funded by the mayor's office in their phase of the budget as um, five permanent positions. Um, the challenge that I shared earlier is while they agreed in concept to the 5.15 positions, they put in the dollar amount, but not the full position authority. And um, I also shared that that money is not currently visible in the second year of the budget. It's not assumed to be there um, within the system. So um, I, you know, like I said, I think we'll get there. I mean, I've worked with their analyst and their analyst had already, you know, calculated the value of those 5.15 positions when you inflate them in the second year. So we'll have more to report on in February, but I'm hoping we'll have a successful meeting with them about that climate work and the positions that are associated with the budget there. Um, the next um, bucket below the healthier 
Cleaner, Quieter Communities Act. That is the landscaping um, work moving from gas powered to electrical equipment um, that's part of our toxics team. And so um, there's um, funding that is proposed um, in the budget. I'm looking at the exact timing breakdown on that, but basically that funding in the 24-25 budget, budget year includes an assumption about um, savings from the current year that are going to be applied in the future. Um, so again, the way that the plan was implemented, they front-loaded the money um, in the current year budget with the knowledge that we would be spreading that money out over the upcoming year or two years. And so um, what's reflected there is um, our assumption about having the resources to cover the position for at least the full additional fiscal year and probably for both. Um, but we have been prudent and um, we did ask Polly to hold on finalizing that hire until we have our conversation with the budget office since this is one of three possible places that the budget office could look to for um, savings um, and for us to consider when we're trying to achieve our target. Um, the last bucket below is the climate equity hub and um, there's three fractional positions that were funded initially for the climate action for the climate equity hub and then there's also grants to cbos that were um, funded as one-time tranches in different years so there was i believe three hundred thousand dollars in the 22 23 year that were funded you don't see it because it precedes this and then there's uh two hundred fifty thousand dollars that was um added for uh 24 25 year um but that was put in as one time so that's not um assumed to be available in the second year of the budget so i feel like i kind of ran through a lot of technical numbers there but i'm happy to um either give you any more information that you need um we also have a brief two more slides that are just kind of recaps of the the healthier, cleaner, quieter Communities Act program and the Climate Equity Hub. So great. So Climate Equity Hub, we've got, um, so the recipient of the grant funding is Bayview Hunters Point Community Advocates, um, and they were awarded that grant in, I believe, June of 2023 to operate the Climate Equity Hub to assist lower income residents with building electrification um, to provide advice to contractors and to help train uh, a workforce that could be doing this work. Um, and additionally, they were asked to establish a community climate advisory council. And so I know that Cindy and team have been um, working closely with them and having conversations with them about their work. Um, next slide. And then for Healthier, Cleaner, Quieter Communities Act, um, this is to, to support the transition of both municipal and commercial landscaping equipment from gas to electric and um, you know, Ty's um, been excited that our department's been able to work and provide support for municipal departments like Rec Park in um, thinking through how this could happen and um, applying for grants um, in partnership with them, even when, you know, they'll be the recipients of the dollars, but it's working um, 
with us to achieve a goal that's that's very important. Um, additionally, um, the second bullet uh, just really emphasizes the focus on low income, often um, small businesses that are immigrant owned that um, really will feel an impact potentially if they have to change the equipment that they're using. So we wanna um, enable our um, most vulnerable community members doing this work to have access to um, electric equipment so they can be compliant. And um, it's also potentially better for the workers and the communities that they're in. And then finally, um, just flagging that the staffing we have really does leverage um, outside money. Um, the the Toxics team won a $15,000 um, private grant recently um, um, and really highlighted some of the the, the grant it's related to healthy babies. And so it's it's really putting, I think, an interesting spotlight on some of the health benefits and importance of this work. So um, again, this is the the third item that the, the city has funded with general fund dollars. So we're looking closely at all of um, what you saw in that summary slide to just make sure that we have good information and are able to make um, prudent decisions about how we can comply with the city's needs without harming um, all this core work. Um, so I think um, we've got program staff there. If you have any questions about those specific programs or if you have any of the, um, if you have any questions about that financial slide, um, and if you don't, we can um, kind of let Joe recap with the budget summary. It's it's kind of, I can't read the room because you're pretty small, so let me know what you'd like to do. <laughs> I don't think we have any other questions, Joe, if you want to wrap us up with the budget summary. So, yeah, As this slide just you know summarizes um, the program budgets we've been going through uh, this evening. Um, I think the only thing I will mention uh, on this is that you know, you'll notice that the total FTE count goes up uh, from um, 104.11 to uh, 107, uh, and that reflects um, there's approximately like three FTEs, and which reflects uh, an increase of uh, one FTE in both the energy program and the toxics reduction program, as well as a uh, 0.5 FTE increase in the urban forest program, uh, and, and then some you know, small little shifts uh, that the department wide as it goes through there. Um, so again, you know, we're currently currently have a deficit of about 150,000, and then that is almost entirely due to the reduction um, in uh, general fund support that's being required for the next fiscal year. Um, but we are confident that, that we'll be able to balance this budget uh, by the time we um, submit it to the mayor's office on February 21st. That actually concludes the presentation, I believe. This line. I guess I do have just one quick uh, question for you, uh, Leo or Director Zhu, um, related to the work orders. So a uh, theme throughout all of the presentations tonight was uh, the work orders that we are relying on as a department from other departments. 
if we are expecting a city budget to decrease and cut across the board. Uh, in prior years, we've seen work orders get canceled. Are, how are conversations going with other departments related to those work orders, or are we expecting work orders to be canceled? Um, I would say at, at the moment, uh, I it's more of a gut call because you never really know until everything is signed and completed and, and sent back. Uh, but all of the uh, MOUs have been sent out to all of the departments that we have work orders from. We've already gotten a couple uh, key ones back. Um, I gauge kind of my comfort level just based on my having the pulse of how our conversations have been going on with the departments as our staff work together throughout the year, right? Because that's a good indication of like, is there value in the relationship and partnership that's uh, occurring between both departments uh, where this work order agreement is in place? And I would say, by and large, I think the teams and the program areas have done an outstanding job really honing and, and shaping those relationships and focusing on those relationships this past year uh, to show what the benefit is for the work and collaboration uh, that their programs uh, have. So I feel pretty confident, um, but again, you know, I don't win all of my bets. Uh, so we'll see how it comes uh, over the next couple of weeks as we get these work uh, MOUs signed and submitted back to us. And then ultimately we get to see what gets loaded into the budget system um, from the various departments, which doesn't happen until a little bit later. Um, so I would say I'm a betting person. I'm feeling pretty good about the work orders that we've, we've submitted. Um, and we'll see over the next couple of weeks and hopefully have more information by the time we bring uh, the budget back to the commission in February as to where we stand with the departments. Thank you. Um, as this is a discussion, I know, Kyle, I don't think we need to take a vote and there's no other questions from commissioners. Uh, just a general thank you to staff for saying like tonight, I put together such a thorough presentation. I know we appreciate it every year and it's a lot of work, but thank you. Um, Kyle, I think we're ready to move on to item four. Um, we are. We just need to do public comment first. So, are, are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item three? Seeing none, public comment on item three is closed. Thank you, Kyle. On to item four. Yeah, item four is new business feature agenda items. The speaker is Charles Sheehan, Chief Policy and Public Affairs Officer. These items for discussion. Uh, thank you. We don't have any more operations committee uh, meetings planned for the rest of the year. Um, they are as needed, but our commission meeting is coming up in February, February 5th. And as Leo pointed out, um, the main thing on that agenda, there's a couple of things on that agenda, but the main thing on that agenda is the approval of the budget that you had a, uh, a preview of here today. And the budget ordinance requires us to have two meetings. And, and so we'll be doing that. Um, other agenda items on that um, uh, uh, on that calendar for that meeting include an update on our battery collection program. You may have seen lithium ion batteries are very much in the news locally and, and globally. And so we'll be talking about an array of battery collection issues. Um, we may have um, uh, some grants, uh, some contracts. There might be an update on our household hazardous waste contract. So it is a full meeting in February. Um, but we are working on also populating the meeting calendar for the rest of the year because it is the beginning of the year. So if you have ideas, let us know. Charles, but within the last week, there was news about a, a court decision about the city of Berkeley and their building ordinance. I'm just wondering if that is it's not on the agenda for today, but that might be something to, to cover in the future. Okay. Impact on San Francisco. Sure. I think um, 
we were, I don't know if it's next meeting or the meeting after next meeting, we were going to have a building operations, building operations as it relates to the climate action plan and have an update on that. And that might be a relevant time to also cover what's going on with the lawsuit over in Berkeley. And we may and we may need to split that conversation up into both an open session item and a closed session item just because uh, there is legal risk to the city as it relates to that policy. Um, questions? Great. I think we'll move on to public comment. Thank you, Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item four? Seeing none, public comment on item four is closed. All right, take us home to general public comment. Okay. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction and not on today's agenda. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item five? And seeing none, public comment on item five is closed. Thank you. And item number six, please. Right. Item six is adjournment. The meeting is adjourned. The time is 6.33 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thank you.